everyone, and welcome to Playmakers. I'm your host, Haley Elwood, and joining me on today's episode as we wrap up Women's History Month is Sam Rappaport. Sam is currently the NFL Senior Director of Diversity and Inclusion, helping lead programming to retain, develop, and promote qualified diverse candidates into the football operations pipeline at NFL clubs and the league office. She created the Women's Careers and Football Forum, which just had its fourth meeting at the Combine last month. Sam has been a recipient of the NFL's Commissioner's Award, named one of Fortune's 40 Under 40, and was also one of People Magazine's 25 Women Changing the World. Sam is doing amazing work, and we are so stoked she's with us today, so I really hope you enjoy this conversation. All right, let's say hello to Sam Rappaport. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you, Haley? I am good. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. So let's take it back a few years. You grew up in Canada. But I know you had an inherent love for the NFL that came from your dad. You started playing flag football, touch football, then got into tackle. Did you ever think that you would end up working for the league? You know, I always knew that it was what I wanted. It just felt like such a pipe dream growing up in Canada with absolutely no connections to the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when I was young, I watched Jerry Maguire and I watched um, Jerry Maguire's, you know, former wife hand out. Um, pamphlets with the NFL shield on it. And I remember looking at that saying like, wow, that's an actual job. Like I could do something with the NFL shield on it. And, yeah. you know, that, that, that could be what my career would be about. And, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough at the time to make it happen. And, you know, I still pinch myself sometimes though. So you had originally applied for an internship with the NFL. Some may know the story on how you got that, but for those who don't, <laughs> how did you apply? Cause I know there's a pretty good story there. Yeah, no, I, I applied uh, with a gimmick, but I really needed to find some way to stand out from other candidates who had connections. So, you know, I was a quarterback growing up and um, with my resume, I sent an up a Wilson football and on the football in Sharpie, I wrote uh, whatever quarterback could accurately deliver a ball 386 miles, (laughs) uh, which was a distance between Montreal where I went to school and New York city. And so you know, I guess it made someone laugh and it stood out, you know, and I was able to get that first opportunity. And, you know, I, what I'm working towards now is for, you know, women and, and everyone really to not have to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, create a gimmicky application for what they're trying to do and just, you know, find ways to open doors equally for everyone. So by playing, you work for the NFL, you went to USA football, you're obviously back at the NFL. Did you ever think about coaching at all? Or was it always sort of getting in on the executive side? Yeah, I, I coached. Uh, girls flag football mm-hmm. and I still do a little in Brooklyn now um, but you know it was not, like so many girls growing up it was nothing I even considered because I didn't think it was possible right. for me and so you know I'm lucky that you know I was brought up and had the fortitude to think I could work at the NFL because a lot of you know girls when I was growing up would have thought that was impossible mm-hmm. but the truth is, is that I never considered it and you know, there's a little regret there now and I'm speaking to a lot of my friends and you know who are who are now coaches in the NFL and you know, it could have potentially been a pathway, but, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a, a pretty important role as it pertains to helping, you know, those women get there. So there's certainly some gratification there. Yeah. In terms of that, your current role as a senior director of diversity and inclusion, it's so special because you've talked in the past about how your goal is ultimately to bridge the gap between women who love football, play it, consume it, and pairing them with jobs. So when you talk about that specialness, just how rewarding has this position been for you? Yeah, I, I feel so lucky that I was put in this position. You know, it's, uh, certainly so many people, Commissioner Goodell and Troy Vincent and Donna Ponte and so many people kind of 
you know, were responsible for giving me the keys to this car and, and trusting me to create something that would be beneficial to the league and help, uh, you know, progress us to where we all want to be. And so I don't take that for granted. I don't take it lightly. I think about it quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting because during the, the NFL Women's Cruising Football Forum this year, one of one of the coaches, um, Moral Javadifar, who is a coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, kind of turned to me and gave me a coaching point and said, make sure you close your eyes for three seconds and take in what's going on in this room. <laughs> Uh, and I thought that was so, so you know, insightful and, and of her to kind of point that out. And I did. I sat there and I looked around the room and I thought, wow, like we have created something that, you know, has got this train moving and it's not going to slow down. So that forum, the Women's Careers in Football Forum, just had its fourth meeting at the Combine just a few weeks ago. That's been your brainchild. And Jane Goodell told me you essentially pitched it to the commissioner. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was uh, I was actually playing flag football with yep. uh, Commissioner Goodell in Bronxville. I think it was five years five years ago. Um, and you know, he he volunteers his time along with Jane and others to kind of give back to, to the community in Bronxville, which is a great event. And so I was just playing around with him, and I you know I really I wanted to gauge his interest level in this. And you know, I have to say, not only this, but in things that I've pitched to him in the past, he is such a supporter of out of the box ideas that could serve to help progress the league. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, many people know that um, before the words diversity and inclusion were even, you know, a, a thing in corporate America, um, Commissioner Goodell used to work in, in diversity and inclusion way back in the eighties, um, trying to help, um, you know, build a, a talent pipeline for um, men of color in, you know, a long time ago, again, before it was popular. So yeah, he supported the idea, um, put me in contact with Troy Vincent and several others, uh, Mike Smith at the NFL as well. And, you know, we all got together and discussed how do we build a bridge between this large group of people in this country and in the world, quite frankly, who want to work in football and are just not in the, the right circles to gain those opportunities. And then, you know, the idea was birthed. So give me the rundown on that forum. What do you accomplish over those few days and where do the women that you bring in come from? So we, we survey the country each year um, for it. The women in the, in the, the participants are women who are in entry level football jobs, mostly in college football. Uh, so kind of that one to three years experience for the most part, there certainly were some other women there uh, who have a, a desire to work in the NFL, um, but haven't yet you know, made the connection. So it's a program that's very intentional. And what we're trying to do is take a group of highly talented women and put them in a room with our owners our general managers, our head coaches, and just give them organic opportunities to interact with those folks and create connections to help secure opportunities. We would never say to a club, you know, please hire women or you need to hire women. That's not what this is about at all. This is about please give an an opportunity to interview to a group of people who were previously disenfranchised. And what we've seen as a result is 89 women in a three-year period, because obviously we haven't gone through the hiring period yet this year has been hired through the program. So that model of just get them in the room with them, uh, you know, and allow them to interact one-on-one or three-on-one or what have you, it, it, it works. And it's something that, you know, the small amount of progress that we're certainly proud of. Yeah, having those conversations and those women, they get FaceTime with those men. I know JoJo Wooden, who's the Chargers Director of Player Personnel, he participated last year. How, though, can men be allies for women pursuing careers in football? Get them in the building for an interview. It's, yeah. it's that simple. Get them in the building because you know what? If these 
if she is not as good as the other candidates, then don't give her the job. And, and you know, it's interesting. Some clubs who have done that, but, the you know, the, the person from, the woman from our program did not get the job. It's almost sometimes a better outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're no, if every woman who interviews get a job, something is wrong, right? And, and then you know that tokenism is taking place. And so, you know, some of the clubs that have participated have interviewed several of our participants and they didn't get the jobs. And I spoke to the, the general managers or head coaches and, you know, it, it made perfect sense. And so I think that's all, that's what men can do. Yeah. Get them in the room for an interview. And if you don't know where to find them, use the league office. That's what we're trying to do. We are not creating any of this change. All of this change is coming from the general managers, head coaches, and the owners of the team. We are just, we are just effectuating the program to provide, you know, um, vetted candidates in case they don't know of any. So the league currently has, I believe, five full-time female coaches eight female athletic trainers. We're very proud because one of those, Allison Miner, is on staff with us here at the Chargers. But what is it like to see those women achieve their goals? Yeah, it's incredible. I think, you know, a lot of the rewarding is coming from the representation um, that, you know, that they're serving in the country. So, I, I, you know, I, I get a lot of emails and letters from young girls who are inspired by women that they see on television. Allison is a great example. Uh, you know, when I'm watching Chargers games, I have seen her several times and, and I've gotten, I've gotten emails and, and letters from girls about that. Just seeing women on the sidelines yeah. running to a player when he gets injured. Um, and that part of it is so incredibly rewarding because not only are we inspiring young girls, we're also serving to create the next generation, the next pipeline of candidates. Because something we're seeing, which is interesting, and it's a very good problem to have, is that the demand for you know, uh, female candidates now is almost outweighing the supply um, in some areas. So, you know, an example is, you know, in video, uh, in equipment, there are so few women, um, you know, working in those roles in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you have, you know, a progressive equipment manager coming and saying, Hey, I'd love, you know, to interview, you know, a wide range of candidates. Do you have any female candidates for this? Um, you know, some of the, some of them are just not there yet. So that is kind of the biggest benefit to me in seeing all of them is I don't think they they might not truly understand how big of a torch they're carrying for the next generation of girls that are looking at saying, now I can do it. So all month long, we've talked with guests about female viewership for NFL games and it being up 5% from 2018 to 2019. Why do you think it's reached that high and, and has gone up? I mean, I think part of it is certainly that women are feeling more uh, more enfranchised, more a part of what we are doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not only that they're seeing female coaches, uh, you know, and they're seeing female trainers and they're seeing that side of it. Um, but that certainly serves uh, to deliver a message to women that we're not just talking about women being involved in football and loving football by showing images of fans in the stands. They're now contributing to, you know, clubs winning and losing. And I think that, that there's, a, there's, a, there's a realness and there's a, you know, a genuine side to that message that's being delivered that I hope is serving to, you know, demonstrably show women that they belong. Um, but I think there's also a lot of things that are going on around uh, around the NFL that contribute that to, to that as well. You know, girls are, are more involved in, in tackle football than ever, and you could look mm-hmm. to our youth football group for that. Um, and clubs are doing a great job. If you look at, you know, other clubs, uh, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers is an example where they've kind of put, uh, you know, a great deal of time and effort behind ensuring that females are engaged on that level. And I think that permeates beyond the individual club. And I think, uh, you know, that really does serve to, to make females feel like they belong at the NFL. And I, that's, 
you know, and I saw that statistic for the first time, it was, it was, it was exciting. And I got certainly energized that hopefully part of, hopefully what we're doing is serving to, um, you know, help elevate that number. Absolutely. And then lastly, Sam, looking at everything big picture, what is your ultimate goal for women working in the NFL? My ultimate goal is that this program is no longer needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and also like to normalize women in football is, you know, is what we've said from the start is what we are trying to achieve. So, um, you know, I hope that Haley, you and I talk every year about this, but yeah. at some point it, it won't be necessary because it's just not going to be a big deal. And, and, you know, women will be kind of, you know, ubiquitous and it'll be as, you know, it'll reflect the population um, of, of our fans. And that really, that really is the end goal. Um, we're, a li- we're a ways away from that. I don't know when we'll see that, but, you know, something interesting that to observe is it's kind of happened with Sarah Thomas, our on-field mm-hmm. official. And I've been studying that pretty closely because, you know, for her first couple of seasons, that's all anyone wanted to talk about, right? The camera went right to her. They talked about, you know, that she's a female down judge and all the things associated with that. And last season, you barely heard anything about it, right? Now she's Even just the there. Camera- She's just there. She's yeah. just a down judge. She's not a female down judge. So that really is what we're trying to achieve is when we stop talking about female coaches and female scouts and female presidents and it just becomes normal, that that is the metric of success. And we, we're not going to pat ourselves on the back until we get there. Well, Sam, thank you so much. You and I will keep having this conversation as long as we have to to get to that point. <laughs> Absolutely. But thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for highlighting this, Haley. We really appreciate it. And that's a wrap on our very special month of Playmakers episode. So thank you to Sam Rappaport for joining me today. And also a big, big thank you to Jane Skinner-Gadell and Leslie Visser for our previous conversations. Keep it tuned to the Chargers Podcast Network all off-season long as we will have more episodes of Playmakers, more episodes of Chargers Weekly, and we will get you caught up on everything and anything going on with the Bolts this off-season.